Um, this is the second week and the final week of a series we've got going on called To Be Continued. And just a brief recap, uh, where the series actually came from is I remembered um, childhood um, uh, PTSD that I had from watching television. And you would watch it, and it seemed like back then Netflix wasn't a thing. Um, this was pre-Netflix. And if you would watch a show, and it seemed like there were a bunch of plot holes in the show, and maybe you had three minutes left, five minutes left, something like that, and you knew that the amount of time left for the show to be over was not enough time for them to wrap up all the details that you needed. And after that show, you would see something like this come across the screen, and it's a to be continued, and I, I didn't like it then, but what I recognized that, that meant was is that there were some more details that that episode didn't give you, or in other words, that episode wasn't finished. It was to be continued, and the thought is, and what we're trying to drive home uh, last week and today, is that there were some things that were part of the first episode or the first season or the first show or the first time when you gave yourself to Jesus Christ. There were some attributes, there were some truths that were there, and they're supposed to be too continued, to be continued throughout your walk with Jesus. They weren't just supposed to be the first part, they were supposed to be in every episode, in every season, and I'll hit them right fast, real close. We talked about last week how when you called on Jesus the first time, you were going to, you had a need for him potentially. Like you said, man, I have a need for God, and that need that we had for God put us in the place where now we surrendered to him. And after we surrendered to him, to Jesus, now we've got an expectation that something's going to be different. I recognize my need for him. Now I surrendered my life to him because I had a need. And now that need or that surrender produced expectation that now that I've done the first two, God is going to do something big. And today I want to hit on what I believe those three should lead us to. And we can see it in scripture, but those should lead us to where we go out now and we do good works. As Christians, we go out and we go and take the experiences we have personally with our Lord and Jesus, our Savior Jesus Christ. And now we go out and we do good works everywhere we go because of what God has done for us. And when you do good works, oftentimes it's, it's different. You know, it can, it can catch people off guard when you go out and you do good because there's a lot of things that are different about our walk as Christians, to be honest with you, it started off, if you think about it, we serve a Savior that died on a cross to pay a debt he himself did not owe. That's, that, that's, that's different, you know. I wish there were some debts that I owed that they would send the mail to your house. That would be great for me, matter of fact. Like, there's a couple of them you wouldn't like, but if they sent them um, to your address instead of to my address, yeah, it would be different, but it would be good for me, not so much for you. And we serve a Savior, Jesus, who took a punishment that he did not owe, and that's, that's, that's different. And not just that, but when he died on that cross, um, he actually, three days later, he came up out of the grave because Scripture said they put him in a borrowed tomb for a reason because he had no intentions of staying in that tomb. He rose from the grave. That's different. Like, it's different. There's stories in the Bible about how um, God's people, the Israelites, they were in captivity, and then they were running away. Moses led them to get away from the Egyptians that wanted to enslave them, and they found themselves in between the Egyptian army and the Red Sea, and Scripture tells us that God parted the waters, and they walked across on dry ground. It's different. It's different. It, it doesn't happen like that. There was a guy in the Bible, his name is Joshua, and Joshua was in a battle. And when Joshua was in the battle, he was winning, but it was fixing to get dark. And God knew that if it got dark, the battle would cease, and they'd have to go about it again in the morning. But they were winning, and God wanted them to win. So Scripture tells us that God froze the sun. He stood it still in the sky. It's, it's, it's different. 
And there are a lot of things about us that should be different. And one of those is, is that once we recognize our need for God, we surrender our life to God. Now we expect him to do something. What we go out is we go out and we do good. And when we do good, it is different. It ought to catch people off guard. I was having a conversation with a guy and I was talking to him and I was like, man, I just want to be honest with you. Oftentimes I feel like I'm just out here in left field. Sometimes I feel like I'm a little different. You know, I was like, I feel like I'm out here. And he looked at me and said, well, what's wrong with left field? I was like, well, it's, it's left field, bro. Like I'm, I'm out here by myself in left field. He's like, but there's nothing wrong with left field. If you're a Left fielder, there's nothing wrong with being different if you've been called to be different. The way we respond, the way we act, the way we love, the way we raise our children, the way we treat our spouse, the way we are at the workplace, the way we are in relationships, the way we are on social media, the way we are in our quiet time, the way we are in our schedule, the way we are in our finances, it's supposed to be different. It's supposed to be good and different. And my challenge to you today is hopefully that when we go out and do good, what we recognize it is different. And I don't mean different in a sense to where we have isolated ourselves from the world, but it's different in such a way to where they feel like they can be loved at a level they never have before. And what I love about our church, Taylor said it earlier, that this is the place you can belong before you believe. What do we mean? Is that you can come here and never add any value to this place, although you do, never add any value to this place. And all we want to do is be able to add value to you and to your family. That is doing good, and it is different. It's doing good, and it's different. And you can see in the life of Jesus that he went out doing good, but it was different. It caught people off guard. Matter of fact, let's check it out in John chapter 6, verse 38. He's talking, this is Jesus talking. He said, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Let's keep it on the screen. I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Just the fact that Jesus would come down and say, you know what, actually, I'm going to do someone else's will. That's, that's different. And he said, but I'm not just anybody's will, but my Father in heaven who has sent me, that's who I've came to do his will. I want to do the Father's will. Will we find out what Jesus said the Father's will was? We'll throw up Acts chapter 10 on the screen right fast. Acts 10, 38 says, you know Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Let's keep it up there. He went about doing good. John says, I'm Jesus talking. He said, I came to do my father's will. Acts 10 lets us know what his father's will was, and it was God's will for Jesus, and it's God's will for us that we're supposed to go about doing good, because when we go and we do Good, and I don't mean just when I when I say good, I don't just mean um, like in a, a humanitarian effort. I mean that we go out and we do good in the name of Jesus. Or if you're taking notes, you could say it like this. Let's throw it on the screen real fast. Um, you can say this: that we do good with Jesus for people. We don't do good on our own, and we don't just spend time with Jesus. We do good with Jesus, partnering with Jesus for people. We do good with Jesus for people, and when we do that. It makes a difference. When we do that, it catches people off guard. And what are some of the good things we can do? And sometimes they seem extremely insignificant. So if I came up here and I told you, and maybe you've already processed this, but if I came up here and I told you that I believe that you can make a difference just by smiling more. Maybe I'm just going to smile more. People, it seems so impractical and it seems so insignificant. But what if I tell you this? 
What if I tell you that you're not just smiling more, but you're going and you're endeavoring with Jesus, you're making doing good with Jesus for people, and what you're believing while you're smiling is it's going to catch somebody off guard and it will open up a window for you to do something different in their life that they did not see coming. What if you being nice like Jesus was nice opens up the door for difference to be made because you're not just going out here greeting people in church. When we're high-fiving, we're not just high-fiving saying, hey, nothing wrong with it, but we're not saying, hey, welcome to Walmart. We're, that's not all we're saying. We're not welcoming you to Walmart, although nothing wrong with Walmart. And I, actually, there's a lot of things about Walmart I like. I, I, I wouldn't mind going there right now. Get me ice cream Snickers bar. But anyways, what I'm saying is there's a lot of things about Walmart that I like. But when we do good, the person that we do good for is what puts the significance behind our efforts. So when we high-five you at the door, what we are believing is, is that we're not just trying to do good. We're trying to do good with Jesus for people. And the person whose name we do the good in is what ties the significance to the act that we're endeavoring to do. So when you go out and you respond different at work, or when you go out and you love the unlovable, or when you go out and you do things like Scripture says, Scripture says that we should, as Christ followers, pray for our enemies. Different. Totally different, in my opinion, to pray for your enemies. And the reason I say it's different is because nothing in my five senses that God gave me tells me that I want to pray for my enemies. It actually tells me that I want to do other things. Um, uh, and, and the list is, there's a longer list on this side than this side, to be honest with you. But we are supposed to go out and do different things because when we go out and do good, it makes a difference. But we don't just do good in our own name. We go out and we endeavor to do good in the name of Jesus. We want to recognize this, is that no matter how insignificant it seems like the things you are doing, the significance, the effect, the outcome, all of those are on the shoulders of the individual you're trying to do the good in the name of. Or in other words, when you go out and you do good, you're trusting God to multiply your efforts, to magnify your efforts, and to make a difference in other people's life. When I grew up in church, there was a heavy, heavy emphasis put on being good, like being good. And scripture's really clear. God says that we should be holy because he is holy. So we should have that attribute. We should, we should have a different morality. There should be some things going on in our internal compass, some things going on in our belief system that are different. But there was such a focus put on being good and not much at all put on going out and actually doing good. And me personally, I believe uh, the amount of scripture you believe is, is shown not just in all the things that you do privately, but it's shown in the things that you do publicly. So this morning, I wanna, today, I want to change a little bit. It's not so much that I don't think we should be good, but I think in the process of going out and doing good, some of these boxes that we try to check and being good, hoping that we're enough and hoping that we measure up, that's not the first thing we've been called to do. We've been called to go out and do good first because the difference that I go out and make out here, what I've done is I've trusted God to help me make the difference at home. I've trusted God to make, help me make that difference at, in myself because when I go out and I do good, it is different. It makes a difference. And when I first got saved, I remember, I shared this a little bit last week, but I I, I was so encouraged and I was so excited that like I felt like I was going to go take on all of hell with a water gun. Like I really did. I thought I'm going to I'm going to go on and I'm I'm going to change some things. I'm going to make a huge huge difference. And I got a little disappointed at first because I didn't see myself making as big a difference as I thought I would. And what, what I didn't recognize is this, is that oftentimes when we go out and we don't do good, the reasons we stop doing good might be because we didn't see it have much of a difference. In other words, I wrote a couple of reasons down why I think sometimes we don't go out and maybe do good. 
Reason one is pretty simple is that we're, that we're busy. Is, is that we're busy. I was at a um, scrimmage, uh, ball scrimmage yesterday for football, and we were outside, and I think it was 150 degrees, and the sun was right on our face, and we were sitting on metal bleachers, and then it made it 190 degrees, and I'm just sitting there, and I'm just I'm just in that moment. I'm a little bit cranky, and my wife, me and my wife were taking turns holding the umbrella, and every now and then, like when she was holding it, it would kind of drift her way or something like that, you know, and it would go this way, and then I would hold it, it would go my way, and then she almost hit a guy with it, and I did hit somebody when I was holding it and things like that, and I'm in this moment, and I'm like, man, I'm just, I'm just in life, you know, and I wasn't busy in terms of, like, checking a lot of things off my list, but I'm just, I'm just doing life, and then I had an opportunity to do something nice for somebody, and I thought about it, and I was like, man, I don't maybe feel like doing nice, I'm sweating out here, and things like that, but I decided, you know what, actually, I'll go, I'll do this thing that was nice, so I did that thing that was nice, and here's the deal, here's what you gotta understand is this, is that I don't know what the reward was for me doing that good thing, um, but here's what I'm positive of, here's what I'm confident of, that at that ball game, when it was hot, and it was sweaty, and everybody was there, and the sun was beating down, it was not Ryan that encouraged, that led, or challenged Ryan to go do a good thing. Because I didn't feel like doing anything good. It was Jesus. I believe that so strongly. I don't mean that he wrote it in the sky. I just mean that I was prompted. I was led, however you want to say it. I just knew that I should do this nice thing for somebody. I went and did it. And let's walk through this. I don't know what the outcome of that is. I don't know, um, uh, I, I, I don't know for sure what difference it made on their life. But here's what I do know is that anytime you will pause in your busyness to make a difference in someone else, you have given God a doorway and a window to make a significant difference in that individual's life when you will pause and you'll say, you know what, actually, I'm going to hold tight on busyness. Another one right fast is uh, um, we don't believe it helps. Um, we've got apathy. We, we don't believe that doing good makes a difference. Here is why I love people and I love I endeavor to love all people. At least I love them in the Lord. Um, but I love people. Here's why I love people in Life Kids this morning. Because they're not going to get to see today oftentimes, next week oftentimes, or maybe in a month, the difference that what they're doing is making. And sometimes we don't feel like doing good does good because we are looking for our reward in the area that we did good. And our reward is the fact that Jesus, who's asked us to do good, it comes from him, not from the thing we're doing. That's why I love Life Kids Workers, because they're in there. And it may be 10 or 15 years, and there may be another young lady or a young man on a stage somewhere, and they look back to a time to where they had someone that loved them, hugged them, smiled on them, shared a the truth in Scripture in a Life Kids or in a, in a children's ministry. And that person, what I love about them is I think it takes a lot of faith to do it because you don't get to see the outcome of your good, but you're trusting that the one that you're doing the good with is making the difference. I think a lot of times we don't go out and do good because we don't see the effect it has. God has not asked us to bring the results or even look for the results of us doing good. He's just asked us to do good. Don't let apathy today be the reason that you don't go out and do good. Uh, wrote another one down. Uh, this one might not apply, but it was FOMO. Maybe you have a fear of missing out on something in life by the amount of time that you've carved out to do good. Maybe you're caught up on what else you could be doing if you weren't doing good. We were in Target this last week, uh, and I had my youngest boy with me, and we decided we were gonna get, he wanted a toy. And for him to get a toy, 
it's not hard at all. He just needs to ask me, and that's what that's what he does. He doesn't. He bypasses his mom altogether now. He's only four, but he's already got it figured out. And as a matter of fact, he got two toys last week somehow. So, anyways, he uh, that means he asked me twice. But uh, um, and so we're in. Target, and we're walking, and I'm talking to him. I was like, Rowan, what kind of toy do you want? He's like, Dad, we have to look on every aisle. And I was like, every aisle? He's like, yeah, every aisle. And we walked by a little kid. I assume it was his grandma pushing him, and he was in the cart. And we walked by him, and we get by, and this kid starts crying and yelling. And he's crying and yelling. I'm like, what's going on with this kid? And he's yelling. And he said, and he called her Mama. Um, He said, Mama. And she's like, what's going on? He's like, that kid is going to get all the toys in Target. And she did not know how right she could have been. <laughs> he didn't know because he really could have. Um, but anyways, he's going to get all the toys in Target. And he's yelling, and it wasn't our fault that we were walking faster than his grandma could push him in that car. And it, did he get a toy? He absolutely got a toy. But he, he had fun. He, he thought that if we got there first, or in other words, he thought um, if, if, if he got there after us, he wouldn't get anything. And I think there is a real-time fun. And I mean this. I think there is this idea that um, there's other things that we could be doing other than doing good or this other idea is is that I'm starting so late all the goods already been done or where am I needed I I, I have no reason right to start it now because I'm going to have to lose this this or this and even if I did decide to lose this part of my life by going out and endeavoring to do good creating margin in my life to do good even if I did lose this part of my life for whatever reason all the good maybe is already being done or there's no good left to do and let me tell you something there is tons of good that still needs done and we go out and we do good with Jesus for people, with Jesus for people. And I know I'm saying the same thing over and over, but I wanted to land today is that we have been called as Christ followers to go out and be different and do good. And if you feel like I'm limited in my ability to do good, no, you're not. Because the ability and the impact of the good you do does not lie on your shoulders or does not lie on your talents, does not lie on your income. It does not lie on your creativity or your ingenuity. The the, the outcome and how far the good you do goes depends on the person you're doing the good in the name of. And I'll say it again, because when you show up and you want to do good in the name of Jesus, you are not alone. And there is a significant impact that happens when you want to love people for Jesus. And when you you simply smile or you give a kind word or when you walk into it, here's something that I will do. And I'm, I'm saying this is for me because God has challenged me to do this. Um, but for me, when I walk into a room, specifically this one this morning, when I walked in, I didn't say it out loud. No one knew I did it. But the first two things that went in my mind was, God, is there anybody that you want to bless today? And is there anybody that you want me to pray for today? Those are two things I said before I walked in here. I said it in my mind. There wasn't hardly anybody in here. Um, But I said it in my head because what I recognize is, is that as we get here together, there's an opportunity for me to do good. And there's limitations on my earthly and financial ability to bless somebody. There, there's, there's limitations on it, but there's no limitation on what he could do with my surrender when he endeavors me. There's limitations on my ability to put words together and to touch someone emotionally in their heart with the way that I pray. But there's no limitations on the person that we're praying in the name of of. There's tons of good that needs done, and it doesn't take a lot of energy. It doesn't take a lot of effort. It doesn't take a lot of smarts. What it takes is us recognize we need God. We surrender to that plan. We surrender to his will, and now then we go out and we expect him to do something with the much or the little that we can do that is good, because when you go out in the name of Jesus and you do good, it makes a difference. It catches people off guard. It changes things in their life when you go and you do good. Matter of fact, that is when we are the most like 
Christ is that when we go out and we do good, it's not seen. No one has to know. There doesn't have to be a story told. You went out and there's something you did in the name of Jesus and only you, him, and the person you did it for know. And that is a beautiful place to be to where you and God are partnering, make a difference out here on the earth in people's lives. And you don't have to blast it on social media. You don't have to have someone set out and take a picture of you doing good so that you can put it on your page. None of that has to happen. There's something more powerful than people knowing what you did. And that is this, you trusted God to make a difference and you left it in his hands. You didn't have to speak about it. You didn't have to post about it. And I don't mean that later on you can't tell a story about it, but what I'm saying is we do good and here's how we do it. We do it with Jesus for people and that is enough and God will make the difference from there. We do it with people, with Jesus and we do it for people. There are people that are in this room right now and the reason you're still in this room is because somebody did good with God for you. They did good with God and did it for you. Another reason um, that we might not do good is maybe we've got some real disappointments. We've got some legitimate disappointments for the way when we endeavored to do good before that it worked out. It maybe didn't go our way. And I wish I could tell you that that's not a part of life, but that, that is a part of life. That, that does happen. Sometimes even our attempts with the purest motives don't work out the way we want it to do. But here's what I know about that. If you aren't doing good, if you aren't serving, if you aren't loving, if you aren't thinking past yourself, and the reason is, is not because you started out selfish, but maybe you have a safeguard that was put in out of necessity for a season. Here's what I know, is that the person that you is asking you to do good, he's also the person that wants to heal that spot of your life. He's also the one that wants to fix the thing that got broken, that has sidelined you. The experiences maybe that you had that are unfortunate, that are wrong, and maybe you are grounded and right for feeling the way you do about specifically church or specifically Christians or about um, any organization that tries to do good. Here's what I want you to know today is this, is that the Jesus that's called you to do good wants to touch, fix, help, and heal all the areas that are limiting you from doing good right now. And again, they may be real things, like they really happened and they really hurt and it's factual. It's not just your opinion. These things took place, but no matter what those things are, what I want you to know is this good, good Jesus, this good, good God who's asked us to go out and do good, he wants to fix those areas. And the reason he does is because there's something that we get when we go out and do good. There's something we get as Christ for us when we go out and do more and do stuff for others, do more for others, not just for ourselves. But we go out and we do these things. Things change on the inside of us. God makes a difference. We've been called to go out and do good because it makes a difference, because it is difference. That's what God wants from us. Last reason I have why we might not do good is that we don't do good because we don't believe that we ourselves are good. We don't feel like we meet the mark. We don't feel like we qualify. We don't feel like we're where we need to be. And to be transparent with you, um, I feel that way oftentimes. And it's not because I've got anything hidden going on in my life, but it is because I recognize the times often that I miss the mark. And when I'm a parent, when I'm aware of how I missed the mark, then God's asked me to come up and do something for him. Even this morning, before walking up here, I had to wrestle off with all the times that I know for sure that I wasn't good enough to get to do this. And it's real, like, and it's real. And I'm not trying to be too heavy, but what I'm saying is, is that sometimes we might wrap it different or we might say different things about it. But the truth is, is that we don't go out and do good because we are concerned that in the process of us doing good, someone might see that we don't have it all together 
right now. And when they see that we don't have it together right now, then they're going to see who we really are, like the real us. We're going to get really vulnerable when we go out and we try to do good and make a difference because it is sometimes, oftentimes, maybe even all the time, tough to go try to make a difference when there's so much difference that still needs to happen on the inside of us. It's the truth. When we've got work that still needs to be going on in us, we think we should be sidelined until we get that fixed or till God gets that in order. But that is not the way God has called us to do good. God has called us in our brokenness to still go out and make a difference. When I was growing up in church, there was a guy and his name was Ricky. Bobby. No, just playing it wasn't. Anyway, his name was his name was Ricky. And uh, Ricky had just given his life to Jesus. And Ricky still liked to gamble. He liked to gamble, and, and maybe you like to gamble. I'm not stepping on your toes. That's, that's your business, ties. But anyway, I'm just saying. Uh, may, <laughs> um, but Ricky still liked to gamble, and Ricky goes out, and he gambles one Friday night, and that's Ricky's business. And Ricky is gambling, and while he's gambling, I don't know what he was playing, blackjack, slots, not for sure, betting on a race. I don't know what Ricky was doing. But Ricky, and Ricky said, God, if I win, I'm going to give you all of this money. All of this money. That's what Ricky said. And Sunday, they let Rick get the mic. And Rick's been saved for like two or three weeks. So if someone has just now been saved for two or three weeks, you ought to be ready for whatever's coming out of Ricky's mouth. And the church was not ready. And Ricky got up there, and Ricky got up there, and he told the story about how uh, he was gambling. And he didn't think it was wrong. He, he was just, he liked to gamble. He, Ricky may still gamble. I don't know. That's Ricky's business. But I'm just saying, Ricky was gambling. He got up there, and he said, he said, God, he told the story. He said, here's what he said. He said, I told God that if I win, I'm going to give all this bleeping money to him. And everybody's like, like that, like that. And then I was like, I was thinking, what did, what's going on, Ricky? Pulls out a wad of cash out of his Levi's. I mean, a wad of cash. It had, I don't know how much it was, but it got my attention. Like, it was a lot of money. And he gets it, and he kind of throws it down where they're supposed to take up the offering. Like, it was not like threw it out, but it was, he throws it down. And he's excited. And he, I mean, he really is. He's excited. And he's like, look, I told God I would do it. Look what God did. Did God help Ricky win the gamble? I don't know. Like, I'm not, I'm not for sure. I, I would lean to think. N- not, but I don't know for sure. My theology, I'm not for sure where I'm at on that. I really don't. And you can have your own opinion. I don't know where. But here's what I do know is this, is that Ricky in his state, right, he was trying to do good when he still had some stuff that was together. And there were some people that, yeah, they recognized the stuff Rick didn't have together. But there were other people that wanted to go out and gamble in the name of Jesus. No, I'm just playing. That's not what they did. But there were other people that were moved by the good that Ricky did. You cannot let the potential of someone misinterpreting the good you did by your past experiences or your story or what they know about you. Don't let that get in the way of you going out and doing good because there is somebody that really needs to feel it and really needs to know it, that Jesus is good and loves them and wants to be everything for them. And they need you to go out and do good in your brokenness. You're broken. They're broken. I'm broken. We're all messed up. If you don't know that you are, you just go spend some time with Jesus because he will love on you and he'll love on you in such a way to where you even feel where you're missing it because you're like, man, I'm supposed to be like this and I'm not anything close to this. Ricky had something I want to get in you. And that is this, is that no matter what you're going through, what you've got going out, go out and do some good 
And if there's a part of your life that has a fracture in it and it gets exposed, trust it with Jesus and go out and continue to do good. And if somebody says, well, don't you know what they used to? Remind them, it's what I used to. And if you did it again after that, remind them, it's what I used to. Because we are not just old sinners that got saved by grace. We are now the righteousness of God. We are children of God. And although we may slip, we have a covenant. We have, we, ha we have a payment that was made for our slipping. And his name was Jesus. And it was different when he did it then. And now it's still different that he paid a debt that he did not owe for us. And now we go out in our brokenness and we do good. Do not let you not feeling like you are good be the reason you don't go out and do good. There are people out there that are waiting on you. There are things that God wants you to do out there. Matter of fact, you can see it in Ephesians chapter 2. We'll throw it on the screen. Verse 10. For we are his, we're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in him. God prepared beforehand that we would walk in him. There are things that God put on earth for you individually to do before you were even here. In other words, there were good works. There were things that God wanted to get done. And then he uniquely worked and built you to now come accomplish those things. You are unique, you are special, and you are a mighty tool in God's hand in the sense to where with you and God together, you can do good with Jesus for people. There are things down here that you're supposed to do, that I'm supposed to do, and we're not supposed to do them alone. We're supposed to do them with God. And we get out here and we get vulnerable and we get exposed and we are open and we try. And maybe in the tempt of you trying, you slip a word or maybe something about your past comes out or maybe something that you did last night. What I'm saying is, is that just be vulnerable. Get it out there. Expose yourself to the goodness of God. And here's what's going to happen. God is going to work on those areas, right? But he's going to use the good you do right now to help other people that are also broken, that are also lacking, that are also missing. Sometimes we don't do good because we don't get to see the reward right now. But you can find in Galatians 6, it's real clear. Galatians 6 says this. It says that don't get tired when you're doing good because you will get your reward if you do not quit. Don't get tired in doing good because you'll get your reward if you don't quit. Why did Paul, he's the writer of Galatians, say don't get tired in doing good unless he has first been tired when he was doing good? And here's what I believe is the fastest way for us to get tired in doing good. The fastest way we can get tired in doing good is when we look to the people we are doing good for, for our reward. When we look to the places that we are endeavoring to help and to change to be our reward. That's not our reward. The Jesus that has called us to do good, he himself is our reward. Relationship with him is our reward. Our eternal place in heaven is our reward. The peace we have when we serve him, that's our reward. The joy we have when we serve him, that's our reward. The love that we have, that's our reward. I wish I had more fingers. Like the, Our reward is the fact that the individual in Jesus, our God, our Lord and say, ask us to do it. And now we get to do what he has asked us to do. That's, that's our reward. And if you have gotten worn out from doing good, I want to charge you, challenge you, encourage you today to go out and do good again. And don't look for the effects of it down here. Don't look. Sometimes you'll, you'll get an immediate, but don't look for all those things, right? Know and trust that the same way that maybe you felt like doing good when you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you're still supposed to go out and do good. You're supposed to do good. There was a gentleman, and I've told this story before, but it's fitting, so I want to tell it again. His name was Perry. 
And Perry was, uh, went to the church that I was at, and he was retired, and he went to the church that I was at. And there was a time where someone, we had, used to have prayer requests in church, and what prayer requests were, it was a time in church to where um, you could just kind of blast your business to everybody. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't so much about prayer, but you were just blasting your business or whatever. And then uh, people were just talking about, well, I need God to do this, or I need God to do that. It was really kind of a whining session or something like this more than anything, to be transparent with you. I mean, I'm not saying God didn't use it, but it was felt like that a lot of times. And Perry was in this time, and there was a, a, a Wednesday night to where my mom was in there and asking if anybody needs prayer. And my mom said out loud that Ryan doesn't have any money and he needs money to go to college, Bible school specifically. So she just blasted my, everybody. So everybody knew. I mean, they probably assumed, but you know, but they, uh, but they knew now. So, uh, and I was like, oh, and, but she didn't tell me that she said that. And Perry, he's sitting in there and he's in that experiences. We call, we, we called them services, but it was, he was in the experience. And when Perry was in there, God spoke to Perry, and God told Perry, Perry's words, won't you go and do some good for him? And Perry's like, I can't do any good for him. I'm on a, you know, I'm on a fixed income. I, I, I don't have the extra money to pay for his school or anything like that. And, but uh, Perry just felt like, okay, God, you asked me to do it. I'm good. He don't tell nobody. So we come back around, and we're coming back into the church experience. I think it would have been... Somehow it was 10 days later, wherever that fell, maybe on a Sunday. It was 10 days later on a Sunday evening when we had Sunday night church. It's if you had Sunday night church, if, if you didn't feel like Sunday morning went good, you had Sunday night church, and we had them every single week. So anyways, we had, we had, we had Sunday night church, and we're sitting at Sunday night church, and the pastor at the time asked Perry to come up front, and Perry comes up front, and Perry comes up front, and he looks at me, and I'm like, what's, what's going on? And Perry told the story, and I'll tell you the story, is that, God told Perry to do good, and Perry was limited in his income. And for those 10 days, Perry went, and he knocked on doors at businesses in town. And anyone that would let him talk, he would tell them a story about a young man that God wanted to send to Bible school. And would you give any money to someone that you don't know to help send them to Bible school? And Perry said he'd walked into several doors, and he'd walk out with $0. But he wasn't looking at the results. All he knew is that God told him to go out and do some good. That's what they and when we got to that Sunday, it had been 10 days, and I don't know how many doors he knocked on, but when Perry was there, he had knocked on enough doors. He had asked enough people. Um, he said he would say no soliciting, and he would just kind of act like he didn't read it and ask God to forgive him, and he would still walk in, and he would ask people, if they'd let him talk, there's a young man that God wants to send to Bible school, and if you'll send him, it's going to be good because God's asked me to do and do some good. And on that Sunday, Perry had enough money to send me to Bible school. He had enough money to send me. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, look at the good that Perry just did. And, it, and I felt it in that moment, but the outcome of the good he did was not just in him paying for my tuition for that year. The outcome was the fact that now I remember that moment all the time. And I'm re I recall that I should go out and do good. Why? Because he raised me money? No, because someone did good for me and that's been fueling my tank to go out and do good since then. And that was 20 years ago. And I hadn't always done good, but when I've tried to get back on track, I remember what Perry did. Said there, didn't have the money, but in the moment God spoke to him. God spoke to him. I got to be with Perry in the hospital right before he went to heaven. I got to be with Perry in the hospital right before he went to heaven. And I was remembering how generous he was. And I was thinking about like what he did for me. And it, I didn't know how good the timing was. And I was like, I want to just tell him thank you again. And, uh, and it's a true story. I went up. And I, was, I had prayed by the hand. I was like, I prayed with him. 
and I was fixing to say something. This is what happened. Perry looked at me, and he says, I know. I was like, he's like, I know. He said, now go and do good. So uh, I still feel that, you know, I, I mean, I still, I still feel that for, for sure. Um, but you don't know what young man, what young woman needs you to go and do good. Don't look to your means. Don't look to your ability. Just look to the one who's asking you to do it. And go out today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Go out tomorrow. Don't wait. I mean, go out. Go, go, go out. Go out. And do good. And someday, somewhere, there's going to be someone telling a story about you. And you may not get to hear it, but you don't have to hear it. You don't have to. It'd be great if you did, but you don't have to because the person asking you to do good, his name is Jesus. And he himself is our reward. We do good because it makes a lasting difference. That is the nature of us as Christ followers is we make a difference everywhere we go by doing good. Would you bow your heads today? Yeah, if you're in here and you don't necessarily know what it looks like maybe, and maybe you're still processing like the details or even still conflicted about how you can make a difference. But what you do know right now is that you want to make a commitment to do more good. I want to pray for you if that's you. So if you're in here and you want to make more of a difference, you want to do good, you don't have it all worked out, you just know you're inspired to go out and do more good. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Will you just lift your hand up and put it right back down? Yeah, I see that hand. I see those hands. I see those hands. Father, I pray for a group of people, Lord, that have a desire to be like you and make a difference and to help and to change and to be the wind in someone else's cells, Father, and to recognize that what you've called us to is to go out and do good with Jesus for people. Lord, I pray that you'd help them see the opportunities that we have. You'd give them strength. You'd give them the courage to step out in faith and to do good to make a difference. Lastly, I believe that there are some in here right now and what we want to do is we want to give you an opportunity to experience this Jesus. He is so good. He is that good. And I believe it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't express it that way if I didn't know it. And I want you to know it too. And, I, and, and it's going to maybe look different for you than it does for me. But here's what another, the consistent thread is going to be. Is that God is good to all that call on his name. And in just a moment, we want to give you that opportunity. And I'm going to ask you in that moment to raise your hand and meet me eye to eye. And then after that, as a family, as a church, we are all going to pray together. And if you're the one that is raising your hand when you say that prayer, what we know is that you are saying it from your heart, believing that God is good and he's going to show up and be everything that he's promised that he could be. And it may look different for you, but he is wants you to experience good than to equip you to go out and do good. So right now, if that's you and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, today's the day. He is that good. Would you raise your hand and meet me eye to eye? All over the room, this is your moment. May Jesus the Lord of your life. Yeah. Church, here's what we know. We, we believe this strongly that sometimes that is a big step to take and it is a hard step and there's a lot of processing and a lot of questions and a lot of ground that has to be covered for someone to get there, but we do still want to give them an opportunity. So here's what we do is that we still 
Say this prayer, and if you're in here, I want you to repeat this prayer with me because what we are is that we are encouragement to those who are maybe teeter-tottering on this decision. If you're in here, and even though you didn't raise your hand, we do want to give you that out today. Say this prayer from your heart and believe that you receive Jesus as the Lord of your life. Church, let's pray today. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I know that I've made mistakes. I know that I've missed the mark. But come into my life. Make me brand new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and use my life to reach others. In Jesus' name, amen.